Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to answer some of your questions about having children. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Marriage After God. We're happy to be with you and we're so really happy. excited about uh, this episode and just being able to answer your questions. So um, doing Q&As is going to be just an awesome new feature of the podcast where every couple of weeks we're going to pull our trusty community on Instagram and ask you guys what questions you have and hopefully get some answers. Um, well, I should say opinions. Yeah, because we have all the answers no. on everything. We, no, don't, we don't, but you know what? We're happy to um, explore these questions with you. And so thank you to everyone who shared these questions with us. And specifically, they're about um, about having kids, which we have a little bit of experience with. <laughs> and uh, and so we'll dive into that in just a bit. All right. So um, one thing that we really are excited to share with you guys is that we have a new freebie for all of you. Ooh. So everyone's already <laughs> did the free prayer challenge. They've right? already got the date night conversations. <laughs> Um, We've been sharing about those two for a while. So yeah. I, I begged Darren. I was like, let's do something new. We've got to do something yeah. new. So this one is date night ideas. It's a free download. It's a list of 52 date night ideas, which you could do one a week for the whole year. So is this something we're committing to? We're going to go through all of these and, and do them? Uh, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> let's see how it goes. I think that'd be so fun. So if you want to get our this freebie, this download, it's you just go to datenightideas.com. And you can download our free ebook with 52 date night ideas. And the goal is is one a week. But if you can't do one a week, do three a week. It's, it's fine. Just, yeah, just if, you, if you have to do one a day, you know what? Like you can get have done faster and just do it all over again. Have so. fun with it. Um, no, but you can you can use these whenever you want. And you can even sift through them, right? And get. Mm -hmm. You know what would be fun is if it. they downloaded this and then found another couple mm -hmm. to like do a challenge with. Like oh, how many cool. can, they can get done in a year. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. The other thing you could do is um, print them out and cut them out and stick them in a jar and pull Ooh, them out randomly yeah. 
That would be fun. That's a great idea. Yeah. Datenightideas.com. One word and it's free. Go get it. Okay, so the, the topic we're talking about, these Q&As, they're all on a, on a similar topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled, the, uh, we pulled our, our followers on Instagram, and many of the questions were around children, having children, children after marriage. So we're like, let's stick them all in one episode so we can yeah. hit them all at once. And so we're just going <laughs> to, you know, we're going to, some of these we're going to wing answering. Um, if we don't have good answers, we might say we don't know. <laughs> uh, we're not afraid to say we don't know. And just keep in mind that these are just our um, our positions on these questions, how we would answer them based off of our experience and knowledge. And, and things and that we know of the Bible. Things that we know of the Bible and what we believe. And so... Um, take I it for know. what it is. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> thank you guys again for, for asking these questions and sharing them with us. And uh, we really appreciate that. If you want to jump on board for the next Q&A, just uh, follow along on Instagram at Marriage After God. And you can always send us your questions um, in a message. And we may not answer it in the message, but we'll take down the question and potentially answer it in a future Q&A episode. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to get those from you. So why don't we just jump right in to the first question? And this is a doozy, I feel like, because <laughs> it's controversial. It could be. It could be, yeah. Um, and, it, and they asked us our question and they said, our view on birth control. So what's your view on birth control? Oh, that's a good question. It's a big question. Yeah. Okay. Next question next is. Question. <laughs> um, and I'm just, just kidding. Um, our view on birth control. Let me share. Let me share my point of view okay, first. Go ahead. So, I I'll just be honest. I went on birth control because that's what I heard you do when you get married. And so I went on the month before I got married, and um and and I chose to go off of it a month after we were married. So I was on it for a total of two months, and I got married at 21. You were 22, mm-hmm. right? And um, we were so excited to get married and so excited to... Um, Be with each other physically. Yeah, experience what sex was like. And <laughs> it was awful. I'm just going to be honest. It was very painful for me. And so I I scrambled, you guys. I, I tried to figure out why is my body responding this way because it was my body that was keeping us from experiencing... Physical healthy physical intimacy. And so one of the things that came to my mind was something that was super obvious because over the course of that month of being married, um, not only were we having these issues, but I gained a lot of weight. I got there was a lot acne. Of things going on. I, there was emotional stuff. Emotional ups and downs and mood swings. And it was awful and I didn't feel myself. And so the obvious question then is what's happened in the last few weeks that has changed me. And Other than getting married, I know. I know it was a big transition. I know. I know. The, the guy you married can make you feel crazy. I get it. <laughs> but uh, uh, we narrowed it down to birth control, and I and so I chose to go off of it, and I haven't regretted it. And it didn't fix everything, but it, it did actually um, drastically it, change your mood. Um, and some of the physical things that I was... some of the physical things you were experiencing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's an experience you had with yeah. birth control. Um, we know tons of people use birth control. Um, I also know that there are certain people that say birth control is sin. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go that far. I'm not going to um, make statements like that. What I will say is I'm not an advocate for choosing, opting to put a chemical in your body to adjust and manipulate how your body's naturally meant to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my, like you're meant to do a certain thing. Your body's been created to do a certain thing. And 
birth control is meant to stop that thing from happening, mm-hmm. to, to, to manipulate the way your body responds to certain things. And I don't think that's great. We have a lot of stuff going on in this world, a lot of sickness, a lot of problems. And for us to be healthy and to do something like that to our healthy body, yeah. I don't think is very wise, personally. So- just to clarify for those listening, um, you're not saying that you won't put anything on or in your body that helps stimulate positive things to happen in your body. You're saying you wouldn't do something that would stop the natural function of your body. Um, I'm saying I don't think it's a good idea to um, put something in our bodies um, electively that to stop the natural. The natural. Yeah. Um, cause there's, uh, again, I'm not, this question is about all the other stuff that's uh, all the other things that happen in this, in this life, you know, taking things when you're sick and I was going to um, say there's supplements and there's oils and there's things that are out there. Right. That, that's, that's different than I'm going to take this birth control to stop my ovulation so that we don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. That's just my personal perspective on this. And to be honest, like there's most things like medically that I'm a little like hesitant on just because I'd. I like to stay mostly natural as much as possible. Um, But this is about birth control. And I'm just saying that taking a woman's body, putting something in it to stop her from doing what it's naturally meant to do um, doesn't sound wise to me. Mm -hmm. Now, on the spiritual side of things, um, we have to always ask ourselves the question of why are we trying to stop ourselves from having kids? Why are we trying to protect against that? Mm -hmm. And there's tons of um, worldly wisdom that we receive on, you know, why we should wait and what, you know, there's this and that and, and, oh, don't you want to travel? And why don't you establish your marriage first? And, um, and none of those things line up with the things that we hear about in scripture Mm -hmm. about children being a blessing that, um, um, it's good for women to have children that it was, um, people prayed when they were barren because they wanted children Mm -hmm. and these, all these positive, it's positive, positive, Mm -hmm. positive. But our generation, in the last couple of generations, has heard the message of negative. Mm-hmm. Children are, are a hindrance. Children get in the way. Children are difficult. They're expensive. They're hard. Some of these things are all true. Mm-hmm. Like not all of them, but some of these things are true. But not in the sense of they're not blessings. Not in the sense of we shouldn't do it. So I think we should always be asking ourselves about our our heart posture towards children because God's heart heart posture towards children from the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let the children come to me. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I love that. That's Don't so hinder beautiful. the children. So that's really good. I was gonna. I was gonna say that personally. We we think that it needs to be um, thoughtfully considered, not just in its physical impact on someone's body, but its spiritual impact. And I think you just hit it on the head with mm-hmm. uh, being a heart posture and asking Absolutely. ourselves why. Yeah, and and what what do we believe about God? Is he good? Does he give us good things? Is he, and it, it, has he made us a certain way? And yeah, those mm-hmm. are all true. Uh, so um, we don't believe in birth control, the the chemical form. Um, I would say if we were to do any form of birth control, I mean, we're about to have our number five, so everyone can <laughs> logically find out we don't do birth control. <laughs> um, uh, we would probably lean towards just the, what is it called? The rhythm method? Natural planning. Natural planning. So, and again, that's not even perfect. It's yeah. just. So it's, it's more of a, to our own abilities, we're just going to try and plan around this and God gives us a child. We're going to be stoked. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's, let's move on to number two. 
<laughs> okay, number two says, what made you wait to have kids? Mm, made us is a good <laughs> word because half of it was physical. I was going to say, this is a two-parter for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just talked about how we couldn't have sexual intimacy. Yep. Um, so it kind of was not impossible, but highly unlikely because it was, <laughs> there's only a we couple times that- We weren't doing the that thing were, that makes the babies. <laughs> yeah, the thing that makes the babies wasn't happening. So there was no babies being made. Uh, and then the second part of that is, um, and this might've been out of a bitterness because we couldn't be with each other. I, I have a feeling that some of it was from that bitterness, but also some of it just straight from our own selfish pride. Yeah. Um, we would tell people, um, they would ask us like, when are you guys going to have kids? And we're like, oh, we're not going to have kids for a while or maybe ever because we're too selfish. We like sleeping in. We like our traveling. We like right. this. We like that. Yeah. We said these things out loud. This isn't like thoughts we had. And I would agree. Some of it was probably just to give them an answer because we weren't going to straight dig into, well, we can't have yeah, sex. We can't have sex like, so we found or, a different way to answer yeah. it. But I think at the core, we truly believed those things as well. We, we were, we were I, selfish. I remember like I, I would pridefully say it like it was something to boast about. Like, Looking nah, back, you know, you were too selfish. Ha ha ha. Looking back, that's so embarrassing. I know. I'm, what a fool I was <laughs> that I would actually say that. I mean, God's looking at me like, I know who you are. And like, he, he, I was like, I, little, love you, I was like a little child to him. And he was patient with me. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what a fool that I would just like boast about my selfishness, yeah. which is opposed to God to be selfish. Yeah. Like I was literally boasting about my opposition to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about this uh, question. What came to my mind is, well, the physical, like we couldn't, um, and the selfish, but I was also really terrified of having children. And I don't remember it being, um, a super affirmed thing growing up. And even though I came from a big family, it wasn't like I had this dream to have a big family myself. And it wasn't like children are good. Children are a blessing. All you saw was like, it was, there was all of this chaos in home sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so I read, I remember just being really scared about having children. And mm-hmm. so I was actually okay with not having children for a long time. If, if that, if any, like yeah. I, it didn't, I didn't have a, a, um, heart's desire to have children. Well, and I actually, now that you bring that up, I, I remember specifically a thought I had and I had it regularly was I didn't want children because we couldn't, um, because we couldn't be together. All I thought was like, yeah, that would be just, that would be so perfect. We get pregnant the one time we do, you know, mm. come together. And then now like we couldn't enjoy, enjoy each other. And now we have a kid to like this of. totally negative connotation mm. on having children because it was just going to get in the way of the thing I wanted. Yeah. And I think we've talked, we talked about that even back then. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I didn't talk to you about that I really struggled with was the thought that if um, in, in that turmoil, those first three years, if we did have a kid, how much more it would tie me to you, which is really yeah. depressing and sad to think about. Like I just am brokenhearted over those kinds of thoughts. But that's now. where we were in our sinful. But that's hearts. where I was, and I didn't have hope in our marriage. I truly believed that we were coming to the end. So it was like I have to make sure even more that I'm that that it, that I don't get pregnant, which was avoiding you. Which made the whole thing worse. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mess, you guys. And the so, devil's good at what he does. And it's why we have to resist him. And it's why we have to put on the full armor of God because these yeah. thoughts and things will come yeah. if we're not focused right. Now I have a, a a part of this question to ask you. It has to do with this question. Um, that's not here, but would you have waited if you could have sex? Back then? Yeah. Well, probably because again, I had my selfish heart. Mm-hmm. Of I didn't want, I, I thought 
tons of horrible things. I was thinking about your body and I was thinking about our sex and I was thinking about being inconvenienced with now I have to like raise a child and like we're doing all these things. So absolutely. I think I back then selfishly would have waited not because I thought it was wise, but because I didn't want to have to deal with it. Okay. And I was thinking more like answering now having had children. Oh, but no. that's okay. No, I just, I wish we didn't have waited. I like that you're answering really honestly. <laughs> no, I, if I knew what I know now, now I wouldn't have, waited. I wouldn't have waited. We'd have a 14, a 13 year old. That's weird. To think How about. incredible would that be? We'd have <laughs> like a t- teenager. Wow. <laughs> Lots more growth opportunities yeah, for us. Jeez. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't have waited at all. But to be honest, it, I mean, it's God's sovereignty. Like yeah. he knew who we were. Yeah. Like our sin kept us away mm-hmm. from it. And it's probably better back then because we had some maturing to do. Not that I'm telling anyone they should choose to wait. I, I just think God knew what he was doing. Yeah. And he, he led us through a lot of stuff to grow us and make us into the men and women he wanted us to be. Yeah. So. All right. Number three, do you think numbering your children is necessary? Yeah, I give like a 10 to Elliot. And then like all of I give like, I'm just about? kidding. Numbering, I'm thinking like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what they're no, asking. Numbering, the question's about like, Here, I'll like ch- should I'll we ch- have one, two, yeah, three? Ch- How many should we have? I was going to change the question to what we usually get is, what number do you guys want or what are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> because we do get asked that. Yeah, and it's usually with this, like, are you done yet look. <laughs> like, do you realize how many you have? We know exactly how many we have. <laughs> um, yeah, so the question is, do you think numbering your children is necessary? And the, I, I'm imagining the heart behind it is, like, um, do you think it's important to, to consider how many children we're having? Like, should we only have one or two or three? That's a pretty common thought. There's a, Most of the time it comes in the form of we only want one, two, or three. That's kind of where that comes from. So... Jennifer, do you think it's necessary like this? this, I mean, that's how the question's phrased. No, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that we need to have a set number. And we personally don't have a set number. Um, We're, we're. um, Our answer when someone asks, how many do you want is whatever God God wants. Yeah. Because to be honest, I don't know. And to, to couple with that, though, I do think that there's wisdom in every situation. And so what I like to say is we take every pregnancy as it comes. Yeah. And. And, submit and, it to the and Lord between and, the pregnancies. Yeah. And we, we submit those to the Lord as well. Yeah. And we just, we, we, you know what? It's a journey of walking with God saying, God, I trust you. And it's not easy, but. And I'll, I'll say this. He's grown Okay. Um, I want to, I'm going to be a little candid here. There was a challenge after we had, uh, was it? Elliot. Elliot. Mm-hmm. And we went right back to that place in our hearts of, we don't want any more. Elliot was difficult. The, um, it was our first child. He had colic. He had colic for a couple months. I had nursing issues. It was really difficult. It was really um, hard. And we just were like, no, we can't do this anymore. This is crazy. Um, we were also Honestly, like publishing per- a, a book and we were thinking like, how are we going to do all this stuff and have another baby? And like everything was just like coming together. When I, when I look back on it too, I don't remember it being a negative feeling. I just remember being okay with it being one. Yeah. We're like, we're fine. Yeah. But again, from all selfish, selfish positions. Sure. How are we going to keep doing these things? That was too hard. I yeah. don't want to do that again. Um, and we were challenged by someone really hard. And I'm going to just explain to you what was challenging to us. And, uh, and I'm going to leave it at that. And they came to us and they, we were just sharing our hearts with them. And they very softly and gently said, you know, the, the reasoning that you're coming to with this deciding not to want anymore. And he brought up is like, it's usually like, for Christians, we say things like, you know, we want one, some, or none, right? And it's like, that sounds great. Like, it sounds wise. One, some, or none. I'm going to choose the size of my family. I think that's wise based off of whatever. And then they said, 
that's very similar to the reasoning that pro-choicers have. It's, it's your choice. Now, Christians aren't going to choose the abortion option, right? Hopefully. That's, that's where a heart of a Christian shouldn't be that direction at all. That's, we're, we're not, we don't do that. But one summer none is, is very similar, and it's my choice. Pro-choice. I get to choose what I want. And he, he's explaining to this, this to us, and it cut us to the heart. And we realize, wow, we're telling God who's in charge of this area of our life. We want God to be sovereign in every area of our life except for this one. And so when, he, when, he, when they were explaining to us that we were essentially making decisions very similar to the idea of pro-choice, like it's our choice and I want it to be pro-me, whatever I want. And it really challenged us and it actually made us go and pray and, and dig into what we believed about children and what we believed about our, our family, mm-hmm. what God wants for us. I remember shortly after that conversation, maybe even walking out of the restaurant, I told you that I, I, as I was sitting there listening, I could picture myself holding my hand shut tight. And it was me as a Christian telling God, you are sovereign. You have every part of my life. I love you. Lead me. Oh, but you can't have this over here. here, And I was gripping it so tightly. And I remember explaining this picture to you and just saying, I feel like God wants me to open up my hands and trust him. And I feel like we got to, we got pregnant about a week and a half later. Yeah, really quick. <laughs> really quick. And I'll say this. It's easy to say, hard to do. Mm-hmm. Every single pregnancy, we've had to go to God and say, God, we need your help. Mm-hmm. We need to trust you more. We need to know what you have for us because it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is difficult. Children are difficult. It's just part of life. So it's not like all of a sudden everything became you know rainbows and unicorns. It was like we have to trust God every single time, mm-hmm. which is what he wants. Yeah. And then I'll say this, as gently as possible, because I know the person that asked this question is, I'm not trying there's to- There's a lot of people out There's there a lot of people ask, have this question. Yeah. I think the question is irrelevant. And here's why I say that. You can say, I want three kids and God only give you two. Right? Mm-hmm. Is God wrong? Nope. Is God bad? No. You could want two kids and never be able to conceive. You could want one kid and- never be able to conceive. Yeah. You, we, you, could, you could want whatever you want. We could desire whatever we want. We can have this picture for our life. And it's so perfect. Like, oh, if we just had a boy and a girl and you have six girls, we know people like that. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you can, you could say lots of things. You, you can come say up, you don't want any kids and then get pregnant. Yeah. There's, uh, we know people that are on birth control and have gotten pregnant. We know people that have been barren for years and have gotten pregnant and then have gotten pregnant. We know people that have had their tubes tied and then unfortunately have got, still gotten pregnant and had to have surgery because of the dangers of that. We also know the word of God. And in Psalms, when it talks about God knitting together a baby, a human inside in womb, your womb, a mother's womb, we know that's true. So it's from him. What we want to do is we want to say, instead of asking like, well, how many do we want? What, what's wrong with saying, God, how many do you want? Mm. What do you want our family to look like? How do you want us to shape shape our family. You could say you want two children, right? And you have those two children and you stop. And no, and there's no way for you to know that that third child was going to be another Moses, another David, another, like you don't know what God wants for you. And we, and I just, so that's why I think the question is a little irrelevant is because you have, you think you have control. This is what the question should be. Do we trust what you have for us, Lord? And that, if that's zero, 
And that doesn't mean that doesn't come with heartbreak. But if it's zero, then God gets to choose that. If it's one, then God gets to choose that. Me and Jennifer were on number five. And this could literally be our last child. We, we have no mm -hmm. way of knowing. Something could happen. Uh, shoot, we could just not get pregnant again. Like it, things happen. Or we can have another five. I, I don't know. Um, but we just, we want to trust the Lord with everything. And we want to encourage you to do the same. Whether that's zero, one, two, three, five, ten. You know, we, that's, that's the question we should be asking. Number four, what's the best way to prepare for or not be fearful of having a newborn? Oh, this is a good one because we're like literally right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Fear is a natural thing. And it's, it always comes with that feeling of like, I don't know. I don't know what's on the other side of labor or delivery or having a newborn. But, and, and I've struggled with all of those fears. But when I look back, and I think about my first baby being, you know, holding him in my arms. Like oh, yeah. It's the most beautiful, miraculous thing I can think of. Yeah, and you don't necessarily look back and dwell on the pain. No. You know it's there. I know it happened. You look back and like we think about those. The joy those, and the yeah. love and the um, just incredible miracle that, it, that comes with mm -hmm. having a child. Um, and I think that we should also just note that this probably whoever asked this question is going to give birth to a baby. But I think even for adoption, you know, when you think of the other ways that people build their families, I think there's a lot of fear that comes, a lot of fearful thoughts that could come with mm -hmm. the unknowns. But we just want to be an encouragement to you guys that um, you're not alone. God is with you and do everything in prayer. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing to pray constantly, to pray, for everything. to pray for everything, and to be thankful. And so I think the first way that I would respond to this question is pray and pray with your spouse, pray together over mm -hmm. your family and over every Present situation. Present those fears mm -hmm. to the Lord and say, Lord, here's some things I'm afraid of. Give me peace. Yeah. Give me your peace. That's what uh, it tells us to pray, pray for everything with, with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Lift our request to the Lord. Yeah. The other thing I would say is meditate on his word. You know, what, what does God say about children? What does God say about birth? What does God say about families? Um, things that come to my mind is John 16, 21. It says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. That's, that's a, what that's I remember. That's an awesome statement, by the way. For joy that a human being has been born. Yeah, like, so that's cool. so cool. And it And it's true because the... The pain is real. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a thing you get to experience. Um, and you could talk about that in a second about experiencing the pain. Um, but you remember the joy mm -hmm. of that child holding the baby, seeing their face for the first time, hearing their coos for the first time. It's, yeah. I know I said this, it's miraculous. It truly is. Yeah, and seeing him grow up is miraculous too. I can't imagine I feel, my life without any of these kids. I know, and I feel so grateful that the Lord trust, trusted me and gave me these gifts. It's so wonderful. Another verse that comes to my mind and, and something good to dwell on is uh, Psalm 127.3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Mm. So preparing yourself for having a newborn is you're preparing to, to have a reward. Yeah. And to build a heritage that he's given you. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, a good resource uh, for becoming new parents. Um, you should check out Redeeming Childbirth by Angie Tolpin. Um, it was just a really good book to bring perspective to having children and, you know, what that looks like biblically. So if you want to check that out, 
just go to uh, courageousmom.com. Yeah. One last thing that I just want to encourage you guys with, um, and this you can do, you know, prior to having your first baby, but you should also be doing it throughout parenting. And that's just um, talking about those fears with your spouse whenever they come up yeah. and, and using those opportunities to encourage one another. You know, if the wife is afraid, the husband can go to the word of God and console her and comfort her and encourage her. If the husband has some fears and he's being vulnerable about them, she can encourage him through the word of God and through prayer. And I just think that is so vital for us to be, be one in the way that we are experiencing the same thing, right? Yeah. Parenthood. Um, and another thing you could do is, is find someone who you admire, who has experience that you can ask questions to. Um, I know as a new mom, I had so many questions. I still have so many questions. And so finding someone who you can be in communication with, even if it's just a quick text, um, or if you can get into community with several people who you can ask questions to and really just have that support system, it's really important. Yeah. And with that actually leads into our last question, number five, really well. And it says, can this person asked us if we can talk about the best ways to invest in our spouse before having kids. Okay. Which is a cool thing because yeah. we we could have done this better. I know we did this for <laughs> we did this for years. No. We should have been doing this for yeah. years. <laughs> um the first thing that comes to my mind is having regular date nights and when you don't have kids and you're married, it can be so easy to just make everything feel like a date because you're with each other. Yeah. But making it significant somehow. So like getting do it on the calendar, making it a regular occurrence. And doing something out of the norm, right? Yeah. So like if you guys regularly already do something together, like, don't consider that your date. Go do something else. <laughs> yeah, and what's good about that is it it puts you into a, a, a really healthy pattern and habit so that after the kids, you guys will long for it and be like, hey, we need to get back on track. Not after the kids are grown and raised. You mean after having kids. I'm, I'm, I'm like, saying, like, after six weeks of healing and, yeah. you know, getting better, you guys are, like, actively You're like, hey, we need to get back on schedule with our date nights. Um, that's important. And yeah. for a while, you're going to have the baby with you. And then eventually you'll get a babysitter. And so, but you start that up and it's there, it's existing. And just to encourage you guys, we've gone on dates with babies before and it can be done. <laughs> and Tina, you know what? Just find those restaurants that um, are really loud, that are, mo- <laughs> are either really loud or mostly full of older couples. Oh, they'll ooh and Because they the love seeing young couples with their babies. <laughs> most Every, of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Some restaurants don't like it, but... So the experience we've had, we have people come up like, oh, your baby's so wonderful. This is so cool seeing a couple of children out. Anyways, that's a good tip. Um, for the husbands, preparing your spouse before kids, uh, just doing what Ephesians 5 says, washing your wife with the word, continually speaking God's truth into her life, over her, reminding her of what the word of God says, reminding of her of who she is, what she's capable of, how God made her. And building her up because those are the things that are going to continually give her confidence, make her feel like she can be a mom, that she can handle pregnancy and labor, and that she is going to be a victor in that area. So um, it's it's immensely powerful, the words that a husband speaks over her wife, which is why we're called, commanded to wash our wives with not any words, but the word, with God's word, reminding her of who she is what God's doing in her life, that the thing that she's going to do, having a child is such a powerful and beautiful thing mm-hmm. that as she disciples that child, she's literally making world changers, growing the kingdom of heaven within your home. It's a, it's a powerful thing. That's awesome. I love that. Um, another thing that I would say, and this is something to continually do throughout your marriage, but to get really good at it, um, is practicing transparency. You know, Aaron mm-hmm. and I talk about this a lot and it's something that I, I feel like we were actually pretty good at in our marriage, but could have been even better 
way sooner. At, and that's just being being transparent and honest with one another. When you're struggling with sin, you confess it, you repent. When you're wrestling with insecurities or doubt or mm-hmm. frustrations, you talk about it and you 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 find a way to you know, if you're at conflict with one another, you reconcile. Like yeah. all of those really Getting important better at those things. communication things. Which will be huge for your children to well, see and to benefit from. And your parenting, because there's going to be a lot of situations, situational things that come up that you'll have to be transparent with one another in and talk about um, so that you're on the same page when you parent. Um, which leads into the, uh, the other thing. And this is hugely important. Overcoming sin and bad habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're like, so for the husbands, if you guys are struggling with pornography and you think it's just like not a big deal and you're like, oh, it's only every once in a while, just realize what you do, you're going to teach your children. Okay. And I wish I would have known that earlier. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have recognized the, the the magnitude of walking in what I saw as, you know, hidden sin or things that I, I was getting a handle on, but it was just every once in a while. It's not that big of a deal. Like minimizing those things, maximize them. Take those things in your life and say, no, I need to get this out of my life. I'm not going to smoke anymore. Like that's, I'm not going to show my kids that habit. Uh, my, the way I eat, the, the hidden sins of my life, pornography, uh, my, the way I talk. Like if you have an issue with bad language, mm. like those are things that you're going to teach your kids. And so work on it. Confess them. Find freedom from them. Walk in the freedom that Christ has already given us on the cross and, and walk in it so that you can teach your kids to walk in it. The same freedom. authority in their lives. Yeah. As a pastor once told me, purity is power. Like walking in purity is powerful. Yeah. And then we'll say that last line right there, babe. <laughs> I just, I just put a note on here, have children. Like, yeah. <laughs> because the question was, how do you invest in your spouse before having kids? And which can, it could be any range waiting. of things. It could be like, she's, yeah. you know, maybe you're already pregnant and you're just waiting for the baby to come. But it could also be like, we chose not to have kids right now. So what can we be doing? Well, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing in Aaron and I's life that has um, stimulated growth in our relationship. That God's used to like sanctify us in used, huge ways. Yep, absolutely. Children. Or to um, just grow closer to each other in opportunities and ways that we never would have known or experienced. It's It was through having children. Mm-hmm. And so I've really appreciated that about our journey and where we've been. And so hopefully that just encourages you guys. Uh, yeah, so we those were five questions that we received from the community. Um Again, we're not the end all be all to these answers, but we try the best of our ability to look at the word of God, to look at experience and see how God is trying to change the way we think about things. I'll say this, answering the questions is not easy for me. I'm a peacemaker and I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers or ever put things out there that make people feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I want you guys to know where Aaron and I are on some of these topics because you're you're listening in, you're following mm-hmm. us. Um, and for whatever reason, God has trusted us with an, with an opportunity to share these with you. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that through our experience and through the things that we have shared with you today, if anything, you get to go back to the table with your own spouse and, and talk the about them and talk about them and share mm-hmm. your own perspectives and, and thoughts behind them. And, uh, and we just encourage you to, like Aaron said, get in the scriptures and dive into what God has to say about these and let that be the foundation for what you believe and your, your viewpoints and your perspectives on some of these, some of these topics. Yeah. First John tells us to test every spirit and to discern. So don't just take what we're saying as, you know, pure gold, 
go to yourself to the word of God and find them out. But if you're not willing to go to the word of God and you just want to disagree and, and have your own opinion that you have to understand something that we're not called to just do that. We're called to trust the word of God. Yeah. And so I want to challenge you. If you are in that place, go to the word of God, take the things we've said and go dig in, find out what God thinks about all these questions about what God thinks about children in the womb and uh, raising children. You, you find it out for yourself and come up with your own conclusions based off of what the Word of God says, not off of what we say. Um, but we love you, and as always, we end in prayer, so please join us. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift and blessing of children. Thank you for creating and designing us with the ability to recreate what an incredible miracle life truly is. We thank you for the opportunity to build our family and have children. We pray for others who either have not had children yet or are in waiting their first in anticipation. May you lead them in a way you desire them to walk and to grow together. We praise you for all those who have children, and we pray also for those who can't have children for whatever reason may be. You are sovereign, and we trust you. We continue to surrender our hearts to you as you lead us in parenting and raising our children to know you. Please help us with our fears and insecurities. Please remind us every day of the purpose we have with our family. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, as always, I just want to invite you to leave us a review, a star rating. Uh, we love those. They're incredibly powerful and um, effective in spreading the word about the podcast. We love you all. And we pray that you guys would just grow closer to God and you'd chase his will for your life and get his heart on the matter of children. See you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.